BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, Ross. What? Come here. Do you see all this new audio equipment we got? Microphones, mic stands, an audio board, a laptop, even a new camera. Corporate sent this stuff to us. Wait, what did you get? A new camera? You mean people can actually see our faces? I mean, I guess this means we have to do another podcast. Yeah, I guess. I was just hoping you'd leave me alone after all that work we did for the primetime special. Man, that thing wore me out. Speaking of, did we ever return that tank? This is, this is WGN Television 9. Channel 9. Channel 9, Chicago. Chicago. Coming to you from atop the John Hancock building. Welcome to the world's greatest newspaper television podcast. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McAbee. Coming up on today's episode, we'll tell you why we haven't done a podcast in two months. That's right. And you won't believe what else. A brand new segment called Celebrity Sit-Downs. It's where we sit down with celebrities and chat. Oh. Our very first guest, wait for it, the dog father himself, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg? It's unbelievable that we were able to book him. It is literally unbelievable. Plus, in conversations with the world's greatest, we talked to director of production at WGN, Bob Vorwald. Mr. Vorwald shares some great Chicago nostalgia, like a conversation he had with Michael Jordan right outside the bathroom. I had Michael Jordan telling us he was gonna, how he would retire two years before he did. The only problem was we taped it in Portland, and the referee's washroom is next door. So if you listen to him talk about, when I go, I'm just leaving, whoosh, you hear the toilet flushing <laughs> in the background. Not quite the, you know, the scoop that I wanted when I pulled it out that night. Yeah. (laughs) Best part of that interview, we did it next to the women's bathroom for credibility. We are very credible. Yeah, well, depends on who you ask. That's right. And at the end of the show, we'll listen to some viewer voicemails. But first, you've been waiting two months for it. It's time for Riffing with Ross. Yeah. Man, I've been waiting to say yeah for two months. You haven't said yeah the whole time? No, not to anyone. I reserve it for this segment. All right, Brian, I want to talk to you about why we've been missing in action the last two months. I mean, you know, but I want to talk to our listeners, all six of you. We took the morning show, and we did it in prime time. And Brian, before you say anything, let me paint you a word picture. Paul Conrad in a bathtub, Tom Skilling in a bathrobe, an onion, mustard, candles, mopping the sweat off of Paul Conrad's brow, handing Paul chocolate milk in that bathtub. I actually found that chocolate milk. It was like a really big thing. I found it in the trash at the end of that shoot, and I there was like three sips left, and I drank it. Wow. Are you proud of yourself? Not really. <laughs> it was good, though. Some of the many experiences we had putting together the WGN Morning News primetime special. And Brian, before we go, I want to tell you something. You know this new character we introduced to the station? Oh, I know who you're talking about, Sharkman? Yeah, that's the one. Well, Brian, I got to get something off my chest. I... No. Am don't Ross stop it really in love with that character. I don't what did you think I was gonna do there? 
Oh, I don't, don't worry that about it. It's really weird. Why'd you interrupt me? No, it's big fan of Shark Man. Yeah, he, he's great. No, nothing. You Never think mind. I was gonna reveal something? Or? No, I just there was a lot of tension. I felt a lot of tension. A lot of tension coming from you. Time now for a very special segment. It's called Celebrity Sit-Downs. I can't even believe he agreed to be here, but ladies and gentlemen, it's Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg! Mr. Dogg, it's an honor. Hello, good morning. So how are you doing, Mr. Snoop Dogg, sir? What have you been up to lately? Moving and grooving, getting it cracking like a breakfast egg. You were a little late for our interview today. Is everything all right? Yeah, yeah, I had a wake and bake session this morning. Nice. Wait, what's that mean? What time is it right now in Chicago? Uh, it's just after four o'clock. Uh, hey, Ross, do you have that list of questions for Mr. Dog? Oh, shoot. I thought you had them. You gotta just make this up as he go. Oh, I found him. That's Look it. at that. Right. So, Snoop, is this the coolest podcast you've ever been on or what? Please believe it. I do believe it, Snoop. Hey, so tell us about the rap game. What's that like? I see rap as being the most productive thing in life. I was a young 19-year-old rapper that was an ex-gangbanger, ex-drug dealer when I came out. So it was a lot of baggage that I had to carry with me. Uh-huh. But... 25 years later in the music industry, being a stand-up guy, being truth, being who I am at all times, and, you know, representing hip-hop, my culture, and my people, and my family. Right. They call that word longevity. That's what's up. But once we elevate and educate, we learn how to separate. And that's when we take ourselves to a different dimension, mentally, physically, and spiritually, to where we can't be touched by none of that negative energy. Very interesting. So you're in town for an event. Tell us about it. We got Chance the Rapper. And we got Twister showing up, so make sure you get your tickets because they're going fast and I ain't giving none away, so don't ask. That sounds great. Can we come? Man, it's Libra season. I got two tickets for you and a lovely to come have a good time. Oh, that sounds like a yes to me. So you're going to be spooned and groomed, dipped and whipped, scuttered and buttered, bathed and shaved. Scuttered and buttered? Wow, you dirty dog. Well, hey, Snoop, thanks for joining us. Wakanda forever. Wakanda, Wakanda, Wakanda forever, forever. Oh, shoot, Snoop Dogg. You okay? Awake and bake. Chance the rapper. Boned and groomed. Brian, it's obvious we're manipulating his voice. Jig is up, everyone. This is all a sham. No, Ross, stop it. Moving and growing. Actually, this is kind of fun. Hey, Snoop, is Brian an idiot? Please believe it. <sighs> all right, forget it. Yep, it's all fake. Yes, I. Time now for Conversations with the World's Greatest. This week, Bob Vorwald. Bob is the director of production here at WGN. He oversees broadcasts that don't come from the newsroom. Sporting events, parades, the auto show, the fireworks on the 4th. He got his start in broadcasting here at WGN in 1982, and after several stops around the dial in Chicago, he rejoined the old number 9 back in 1998. Mr. Vorwald joins us now. Hello, Bob. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, walk us through exactly what you do here at WGN. Um, I think he explained it pretty well at the beginning. Um, I look at it as a, a kind of the job has three main areas. And the first one, the most visible one is the sports. We do 150 plus 
Bulls, Blackhawks, White Sox, Cubs games a year, and I'm responsible from those uh, for those from soup to nuts, dealing with the teams, the announcers, making sure the production trucks and transmission are booked, everything that way. We're kind of the tip of the spear. Every uh, department at WGN is impacted by those, but you know the buck sort of stops with us. The second part of it is all the other events that we do. Um, that you listed earlier, and Midnight Mass at the Cathedral and other things there as well. Uh, We're responsible for those. And then the last third really has to do in the station with the news. I oversee the directors and the production assistants, the stagehands, the people that don't control the content as much as they help the news get on the air, and then the three studios we have here. Um, So, I mean, over 20 years here at WGN, you've worked with some big names, John Drury, Jack Brickhouse, you know, sports, so many stories from back in the day. Can you share some stories about those guys and just some of the the biggest stories you you recall? Well, you know, I'm the luckiest guy in the world to have this job. I have the job everybody wants. I've been, you know, paid to live in the sandbox for forever. But, you know, it really started the first day I walked in here to work. Let me interrupt you. Are you looking to retire anytime soon? No, no, no. Anyway, Dude, no. they're going to drag me out kicking and screaming, you know. <laughs> and I'm surprised they haven't, but that's for another day. But I, you know, I was, a, a, I was at Northwestern, but I was from a very small town in Wisconsin. And I literally on a Sunday in August finished working at my job in the cornfield, helped my brother bale some hay and put it up that night, played a fast pitch softball game. Got up at the crack of dawn, drove here to start work uh, at around, I don't know, like 11 in the morning, or I guess was my appointment was. And I walked in the doors, and they were taping the old Bozo show, and a pie fight had happened, and it kind of broken out, and somebody was throwing stuff in the hallway, and I got uh, shaving cream pie on my new brown pants as I was going down the lot. And then uh, the Donahue show, and what's now Studio 2, was letting out, and I met a couple Apollo astronauts oh. that <laughs> were walking by as guests and everything. And then as I was trying to get to the newsroom, John Drury almost knocked me on my can as he was running in to do the midday news. This is all one day. This is all like 35 seconds walking down the oh. hallway. And then I, I sat down in what's now Skilling's office was the old newsroom. I sat down in the sports office and the great guy that hired me, Jack Rosenberg, wasn't in yet. But Jack Brickhouse was there. And he said, oh, sit down, kid. We'll take care of you. And he just talked to me for like an hour while we waited for Rosie to come in. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to do this the rest of my life. This place is great. Wow. And it's never disappointed since. That was your first day? That was my first day. That's wow. Awesome. Yeah. In your nearly 40 years in Chicago, you've worked for uh, some of our competitors. You told me you used to work with Mark Giancreco. What was that like? I, I started here. I worked here five years. And I finally, actually, my first job was... Um, I actually started the newsroom at Channel 32. We built it from scratch, went on the air and everything there. And then after that, uh, I got hired by Mark Giangreco, and I was the executive producer at Channel 5. And he's a great friend of mine. But he, you know, part of my gig was saying to management all the time, look, I can handle Giangreco. You know, and I would go back and whatever. And one of the great moments of us working together is Mark could go off with the best of them. He was so competitive, everything after a show. And, you know, in this business, we love our swag, right? And I'd been to the Final Four in 1989 with Illinois. I had this really cool Final Four clipboard. When you're a producer, you know, being able to carry a clipboard around, you just kind of show that, that you know, and everything. And the show got done, and something went wrong, and Mark picked up my clipboard, whams it on the desk, and the thing just shatters, right? And I hold up, and it's a pretty tense moment, <clears throat> but I hold up the jagged edges, and I look at it, and I go, 
this was no boating accident. And, you know, the allusion to the Jaws joke just busted everybody up, and we still talk about it forever. So love him to death. Uh, you know, he, he is the king forever here for good reason because he's the same person off the air as he is on the air. He's still really good and really passionate about what he does, and he just connects with people and athletes and everything else like that. I mean, one of my favorite moments was when Michael Jordan retired you know, Michael gives his, the first time, gives his statement, and Mark just jumps in, right? And you hear Jerry Reinsdorf lean in and go, talk to somebody other than Gian Greco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's validation if you ever oh needed my God, it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, the other day you told me a story about uh, Bob Jordan working weekends here. You guys in your underwear? What was, is there something? Was, uh, well, you know, times were markedly different, right. you know, 36 years ago or whatever, and Bob was always the life of the party. And so funny. And one Sunday afternoon, um, you know, it's a skeleton crew. There was no early news. Radio was here. There might have been somebody on the assignment desk, one or two news writers, one radio guy ripping copy and me. And Bob, for a joke, said, you know, all right, it's men day around here. Everybody pants off. And we walked around in our boxers for about 45 minutes in the office. Uh, you wouldn't see that now. but no. Uh, no. <laughs> definitely for, you know, a 20-year-old kid trying to make it a very impressionable day. Okay, yeah. yeah. My friends are not doing this in engineering class. I'll guarantee <laughs> you that, you know. So the first time I got to go out, really kind of go out, was um, I'd been here about a year and the White Sox won in 1983. You know, this is the town that the Cubs had choked in 69, and nothing had really happened. Yeah. So the White Sox winning was a really big deal, and they won on a Saturday night, and I was the weekend guy walking games and doing stuff in the sports department. And I come in, and we had an, an anchor reporter, wonderful guy named Larry Roderick. Larry didn't know anything about sports, didn't want to know anything about sports, but he was the guy around and they wanted a follow-up story on the White Sox the next day, right? So I can, we're sending you out with Larry and you guide him along, right? So I would go, you know, Larry, this is Jerry Reinsdorf, he's the owner, blah, 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 and Larry would do the thing. We were kind of working, but everybody kept saying, oh, at least Jim Leland's alive. Oh, you know, at least we got Leland back, blah, blah, blah. Jim Leland, who later managed and won the World Series with the Marlins, was Tony LaRusso's third base coach. And I'm like, we got to find that Jim Leland and find out what's going on. We go in the dugout, and Jim Leland's got mirror sunglasses on, and he's laying on the bench of the dugout. <laughs> and there's like three writers there. And I said, uh, hey, Jim, can we get a quick bite with you? And he kind of props himself up on one elbow and's like, ah, I'm not talking today about anything. You Turn that off. Put your pens down. I never won a title at any level, you know, American Legion ball, anything. Tony Russo is my best friend. They tried to run us out of town. At one point that year, Tony and uh, Jim had gone to the Sports Channel studios to try and fist fight Jimmy Pearsall. So there was a lot of pent up. He's like, so sure. when we won last night, this is Leland, when we won last night, I got after it. It was unbelievable. He says, by the time everything was done, I was practically licking champagne off the floor. <laughs> so I went out to get in my car and go home. And these Sox fans, they hadn't just taken my radio. They took the entire steering column and dash out of my car. So I was going to get out and call the cops. And I realized I was in the back seat. So they said, that's the kind of night that I had. So I don't want to talk. <laughs> Man. That's great. So that was an off the record conversation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that we're putting on the record. My, yeah. 35 years. Get over it. Oh, man. That's a great baseball story. Uh, I mean, looking back at the Cubs, we just celebrated 70 years of WGN covering them. And I know, I mean, you've been a big part of it. I mean, being a 
someone who's covered the Cubs, a Cubs fan, what's something that is biggest in your mind? Well, I, I can think of a couple. Well, you know, one of them was really when I started the job in '98 was the summer of Sammy and McGuire, right? And the Cubs, uh, baseball, you know, right. got the wild card. Right, and right. I mean, that was a crazy, crazy summer, right? Yeah. And um, the internet and everything was kind of new, and the email and everything. But somehow, I got word. Um, that these um, people at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow, there was a lot of Cub fans there, huh. and they were watching our games, like an afternoon game. I don't know if they're seven hours ahead or whatever they were watching, but night games, they were like, we were on Armed Forces Network all the time, so they were watching on that. Sure. They were coming in at like three in the morning to watch night games. Wow. So um, I showed this note to John McDonough, and he helped me uh, with the Cubs at the time, and he helped me put together a care package and we sent it off, and I got a photo later, which I'm stupidly lost, somewhere of all these guys in front of the Kremlin wearing all their Cubs stuff. Oh, that's that's awesome. You know, and that was the power of WGN, yeah, right? In right. those days and everything else like that. Right. The, we, the Cubs were nice enough to kind of set aside April 16th this year as our actual 70th anniversary of our first game. Right. We did a Cubs-White Sox game. The White Sox won. It was like preseason city series in those days. And so we were, you know, had a little half-hour pregame, and we had this plan to just you know, short clips, but without interrupting the game, it was a Cardinal game, make it as much about us as we could, right? Take right. it back. And then they called the game at noon. Yeah, I remember that. I watched and it, it was like... Uh, 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 it, you didn't I, didn't I, you just have Len and JD sitting so in the I truck had, just drinking I, champagne? I literally, <laughs> like, yeah, I had literally pulled all these short clips... And who knows what was happening? I'm like, you know, and what are we going to do? Run sitcoms? And that's the beauty right. of this place. Is right. I said, from seven to nine, we're still going to do our show. Right. The trucks paid for, the crews paid for. Sure, let's yeah. go. Yeah. And so I was grabbing beta tapes because everything had to be much longer form right, than right, what right, we were talking right, about, right. and writing a rundown and tweeting and doing some interviews, trying to. And God bless Len and JD. All I said is, I still need you tonight. Right. right. And they just came to the truck, and I sat off camera, and I told them what we were going to do next. And because it was pouring out, and we right, didn't right. want to be in the broadcast booth because the stadium was closed. Right. and you know, right. and So we just sat in the broadcast truck, and, and we had some champagne and cake, and they just played raw moments from our past. And it was like WGN. It was yeah. just unscripted, and it was right. real, and it was raw. fun, and it turned out really great. So, right. you know, just a chance to do that. And I am kind of that link, right? I was the guy that worked with Harry and Jack Brickhouse and everything as a young guy, and I'm still there. So I'm trying to carry stuff on. Uh, exactly. Lou Boudreau got a, a award at the Union League Club and I'm like the only one alive left who worked with him you know right. so I was got to introduce him um, you know just things like that I make me I'm really proud of that that I've been around long enough to enjoy so much of it and work with just so many incredible people as you put it yeah um, I feel like I'd ask you a million more questions, but yeah. I, I, don't, I wouldn't even know what to ask. Is there anything we haven't asked you or anything else you'd like to share? Uh, you know, uh, we do. We didn't talk about the Bulls or the Blackhawks, right? So, right. you know, just a shout out to both. Ten years. Is it ten years for us with the Blackhawks? They started winning Stanley Cups right when they came to WGN. Um, <laughs> it's hard to think now with what a juggernaut that they are in town that when uh, Bill Wirtz passed away and Rocky took over and things were, hey, the Blackhawks are talking about, you know, because they were only doing road games, right? right. And, and they're going to start doing home games and they might put some games on free TV. Right. We kind of like, yeah, whatever, hockey, right. who's right. going to watch it, right? Right, right. And uh, Marty Wilkie, who was a head of our sales at the time, uh, said, 
why are we not looking at this? Right. You know, and she said, we should at least take a meeting. And I was the one that got to take the initial meeting with Rocky. And he's like, we want to be in high definition and we want to be on WGN and we'll make it happen. And yeah. they did. Wow. In, initially, the Blackhawks, you know, took all the risk with us and made us, okay, let's go. And next thing you know, first year they're in the conference finals. They right. win a cup the second year on our air right. and everything else that way. Um, and, you know, same with the Bulls. We've seen ridiculous highs my first year here was the end of the last title team uh, which was awesome right and i had been at nbc which was carrying the national games and sure. I, so i you know worked i covered the dream team right. the first dream team all these things and then we had you know in the the 98 99 season all michael scotty phil everybody's gone because right. they were taking the team down and we had this Great open with six titles and everything else. You're world <laughs> champion Bulls. And it was, you know, the likes of Corey Benjamin or whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> and t- Tim Floyd and that whole group. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, 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 there's a lot more gold on those graphics than we were ever going to see <laughs> yes. on the floor yes. or anything else like that. But, yeah, you know, um, you, you ride with them. And the one thing you notice in town is no matter what kind of season they're having, when we have a Bulls game on, if it's going well, the number starts to – people tune in to see what they're doing. You know, they've always – part of that consciousness and yeah, everything else. Yeah. So, again, just part of that personal, for me, blessing. I mean, just to work with these teams, with these people, everything. It's just so great. Our season never ends. Oh, that could be a slogan. Somebody write that down. You know? It's, we're, rec- we're recording. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you – you've been probably working with every team in the city during a championship run right or doing something for tv yeah you know what the best one of the best parts of my job is when there's a uh, when the team wins a championship right and you have uh the bulls didn't used to have parades they bulls only had rallies the bulls never had right. a parade because mayor daly didn't want to parade in his city until his team won and then all of a sudden right. everything changed in 2005 yeah. for the better but when they get to the rally or whatever the Hawks have done, Soldier Field or Grant Park or whatever, I get to be in charge of the pool. So um, when they reach that point, you can't have six TV stations and ESPN and everybody else right. all with their cameras on the stage, all with everything else. So you have one TV truck, one set of cameras, one director, one producer. Right. I get to control that whole thing. Right. I get to set it up. I produce it. I get to bring a director in, and everybody takes our pictures. Everybody so you, takes so everything you did the we do. Cubs one then, right? So as a Cub fan, uh, yeah, I have a great picture in my office. I wanted a picture of, of uh, Lennon JD, and, uh, who you know I was part of bringing into the Cubs, and the three of us backstage with the rally. And I handed my phone, and Joe Madden was the only person there. He said, no, I want to be in it. So Joe jumped in it. He handed my phone down the line, and Tom Ricketts took the picture for us. So, yeah, it's a pretty good memory. And and those days are great. And to me, the best one was the White Sox because I just didn't know what to expect. We had never had a parade. Right. And it was a beautiful fall day and the turnout. And then they came down LaSalle, and they had the confetti cannons and everything. It was magical. It was really – that was a really fun day. Huh. Man. Some awesome memories. I mean, yeah, yeah. I want to try to have half the career this guy. Uh, you yeah. know, it's be, work with great people and work at a great place, and the rest of it kind of carries you along. Well, we're here. We got our feet in the door, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, Bob. Well, uh, I think that's all we got. You got anything else for us? No. Thank you very much for sharing all of your stories with us, and uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for sitting down with us. Yeah, you're just the latest in a long line. We'll have to hear all the. 
crap that I put out over the years. So thanks for letting me we tell a few it. of them. It's an honor. Yeah, of All course, right. yes. Thanks for doing it. your name after the tone and Google Voice will try to reach. WGN voicemail. I'm a long time listener to WGN since the 1960s. I want to send some advice to uh, oh my brain to the woman on the show Robin it seems to be a pregnancy going around there so she better watch out. Thank you. Hi, this is Tom from the South Side, 55 years old. I've been watching WGN my whole life, and I just wanted to say that uh, the morning crew is the best thing we have in Chicago, and I think it could be a national show. Just wanted to say great show, and I love you guys, and keep up the good work, and no matter what anybody else says, there's a whole bunch of us out here that love just what you're doing. Keep it up, Chicago pride. Oh, my God, I can't believe it was for real. Yeah, this is Cletus Murdoch. Uh, I watch Channel 9 all the time, and uh, I, I write poetry. And I would be uh, real happy if uh, you let me write a poem about you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Hey, Paul. <laughs> I still remember your old number, 773-883-3161. Hey, what do I win? Hey, uh, why don't you ask Snoop Dogg if he's ever had fleas? Yes, uh, this is Dave in Logan Square. I watch you guys every morning. I uh, love watching WGN. Congratulations to Larry on his uh, new show. And you guys have a great day. Watch you every morning. Thank you. Yes, yeah, Tom again calling back. Tom from the South Side, 55 years old. Also wanted to say that Pat Tomasulo's Saturday night show is just killer. It's one of the funniest things on TV. Keep it up, Pat. I love that whole show and everything you do. You are truly the man of the people. Let Robin sing. This is Joe from Chicago. Larry. Cheers, mate. Well, that's it for episode four. Hey, Tom from the South Side, thanks for tuning in. And Cletus Murdaugh, Ross, you're not going to believe this guy. I called him back. He's written more than 8,000 poems. That's awesome, Brian. I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Ross. Thanks, man. Cletus also wrote a few poems for WGN. I'm going to call him and have him on the next episode. Can't wait for that. On our way out of here, I have to issue a correction from episode three. It's an error I regret. They say in journalism, if your mom says she loves you, verify it. Well, my mom fact-checked me. Turns out Family Classics is on Sunday nights, not on Friday nights. I regret the error. And I forgive you, Brian. Thank you, Ross. Well, special thanks to Bob Vorwald and, of course, Snoop Dogg. One more thing, Brian. Did you ever submit your name for the mayoral race? I didn't see on the ballot. As my campaign manager, I thought you were supposed to do that. Wait, what? Those signatures were for that? I thought we were signing a going-away card for you. 
going away card? Where did you think I was going? Anywhere but here. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I used up all my campaign funds anyway. You've been listening to the world's greatest newspaper television podcast, a.k.a. WGN-TVP, for short. Yeah, for short. Until next time, tune in to Channel 9. And seeing this will be airing around New Year's, let's sing them to break, Brian! Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be forgot and all anxiety for all anxiety, my dear, for all Kindness yet for all Sign. Happy New Year's, everybody. Kiss me, Brian. I love you. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.